Go to James, if you would, the fourth chapter. James chapter 4. Now, for some weeks now, we have been on the subject of submission and authority. And boy, have we been excited about it. Woo! Thrilled beyond words. <laughs> it is good. Sometimes people are not as excited, but it is good. You know, a number of things in the word, you don't get so excited when you first hear it. But if you do it and put your flesh under, you get really excited later at the increase that comes in your life and the breakthroughs. James chapter 4, James 4 and verse 6 says, He gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Say that out loud. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Would that make any difference in your life? Whether you were graced of God or resisted of God. All the difference. I mean... You know, if God's for you, who can be against you? What if God's against you? (laughs) Well, ain't nobody can help you. (laughs) Now, I know people don't like to hear that, but if God's resisting you, he's not helping you. Right? There's no grace. And what makes the difference? You know, does he just at whim and random pick, I'm going to help them, I'm not going to help them. I like them. I don't like them very much. No, God's no respecter of persons. He is kind. He is good. But there are some people who will humble themselves under his mighty hand and submit to him and believe him and obey him. And there are others that are hard-headed, bull-headed, stubborn, and going to do it their own way. Well, those people get resisted. And the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. But if you will humble yourself underneath his mighty hand at the proper time, he, he, he will exalt you. He will promote you. And when he exalts you, he opens doors that nobody can close. And when he blesses you and pulls you up, ain't nobody can stop it. When he's for you, nobody can successfully be against you. So do we want him for us? Are against us, gracing us, or resisting us? Who's it up to? According to what we do with what? Depending on whether we humble ourselves, and as you see, the very next verse talks about submitting, or whether we harden ourselves and resist. Notice the next verse here. God gives more grace, He resists the proud. But gives grace to the humble. Verse 7 says what? Submit yourself. Who's going to do that? Who's going to submit you? Only you can submit yourself. Therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. In that one verse. You see submission. And authority. You see submission to God and you see exercising authority over the enemy. 
don't you? And a lot of folks are interested in exercising authority over the enemy, but they're not at all interested in submission. They don't like that word. A lot of people never use that word because they just don't care for it. But it's a Bible word. And if it's a Bible word, it's a good word. Right? And the truth does what for you? It don't put you in bondage. It makes you free. And he went on to say, draw near to God and he will draw near or nigh to you. Who takes the step first? We do. See, God has already moved toward us. He already took the first step. Right? He sent Jesus. He's paid the price. And he's already done that. So the next move is ours. But we talked about this in some detail last week. Who should come to whom? Well, the lesser should come to the greater. Who should wait on whom? The lesser should wait on the greater, not the greater waiting on the lesser. Right? And the greater should not have to come to the lesser. The lesser should come to the greater. You remember we studied about uh, Korah. And Dathan and Abiram. You remember them if you were here? And anyway, Moses, they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And Moses said, y'all come to me and talk to me. Well, he's God's hand-picked choice over this whole nation and the work of God at that point. And they said, no, we won't come. That is some of the most succinct language of rebellion. No, we won't. And we're not supposed to just recognize all the details of this, but we must recognize the spirit of this. And in our own life and flesh, the feeling of rebellion as it would come up in yourself. Did you hear me now? You already know what it feels like. If you're identifying it. If you're acknowledging it. And it is something that is absolutely devilish. And if you're going to walk with God and be successful in Him, you must not yield to it. You must crucify it and put it under. And there will be numerous times when your body is saying, no, 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 I ain't going to do it. And you say, shut up, yes you will. And you're going to smile while you do it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Wow, there's so many ways to go with this this morning. Y'all believe in God with me? Let's pray and release our faith. You're believing with me on this, right? Father, we're all here before you. I've already prayed. Many of these people have already prayed. But we come into agreement as touching this thing. We ask you for the specific utterance and anointing for all ears to hear and eyes that see. Just what you want and nothing different or nothing else. Precisely your will and your way. And we'll hear. And not only will we hear, but by your grace, we will be doers of the word. We know as we do, we will be blessed. You're so faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So you're in faith now, right? You're believing God to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Would you turn with me to the book of Proverbs? Actually, Ecclesiastes. 
I'm looking at a proverb scripture, but Ecclesiastes is where I want you to go to right now. Ecclesiastes 10. Let me review just a little bit more. We said submission literally means to rank or arrange under. It's used as a military term. To submit means to rank or arrange under. And to submit to God then, what would that mean? It would mean to acknowledge and give him his place over you. Right? And to acknowledge and take your place under him. Do you and he have the same place? No. Well, a lot of people say, well, I submit to God, but I don't obey any man. I submit to God, but I don't obey man's rules and and man. Well, that's a big problem. Because the God who you say you submit to told you to submit to men. Right? If you don't believe that, then you just don't know the word. I got a whole list here. I can just read them off. Scripture after scripture. All you got to do is get out your concordance. Look up submit. It's kind of like this. How about John? It says, if you say you love God. But you don't love people. What did he say? You're a liar. Why? Because your love for God is revealed in your love for people. Well, the same thing is true in area after area. If you say, I submit to God, but you won't submit to anybody, then you're lying. It just ain't true. Because he told the younger to submit to the elders. Right? He told children to submit to and obey their parents. He told wives to submit to their husbands. He told people to submit to their leaders, the ones God had placed over them in the churches. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Bible said Jesus himself submits to the Father. 1 Corinthians 15. So no, there is rank. Now we've already gone through it. That doesn't mean that one person is better than another person or necessarily smarter or even more, has more knowledge of the word than the other. It's all about God's choice. And you may not be able to respect everything that a person in authority says or does because their biggest problem is they're like you. Human. And they can do dumb stuff. So you might not be able to respect everything that a person in authority says and does, but you must respect the place. Or elsewise, you dishonor the God who put them in the place. And you know, we studied that's what Dathan and Korah and Abiram, those guys, that's what they were saying to Moses. Who put you in charge? We have the Spirit too. We hear from God too. Who put you in charge? Well, what was the answer to that question? God put him in charge. God's the one that appeared to him on the backside of the desert and sent him and did those miracles through his hand. God put him in charge. And so they didn't realize they were defying God. They were getting in God's face and being rebellious. And that's when the ground opened up and they all went in alive and it closed up behind them. And basically God said, that's what I think about rebellion. And he hasn't changed how he feels about this. It's a very serious thing. And even though there may not have been as much teaching on this, it is one of the biggest problems we deal with. 
Again and again, you talking about marriage problems, parent-child problems, parent-teacher, parent-coach, employee, employer, church problems. Again and again, it comes back to people being rebellious, not controlling their flesh. I, in times past, I have yielded to rebellion. Part of it didn't know, understand it. And part of it just, you know, you got to control your flesh. And most of you have. But let's put a stop to it. I said, let's put a stop to it. And let's submit ourselves to God. Then we'll be in a position to resist the devil. And say, God, you have your place over us. Anybody God has placed over us, we acknowledge that too. And then we say, devil, you got to take your place under us. Everybody in their place. Say that out loud. Everybody in their place. Do we all have the same place? No, we don't. You remember Romans 12. He says we're all in the same body, but we don't all have the same office or place. We have different places. And we need to be aware of that. Now, uh, actually, before I read this to you, let me read something else to you. Is that all right? Let me read this to you. God is a God of order, isn't he? And you can see that he firmly believes that everything should have its own place. And he has, in his creation, he placed things where they should be. And if they're out of place, it causes a problem. How many know the sun has its place? The moon has its place. What if you move the moon? Huh? Then we got major problems. What if you move the sun? What if you move some continents a bunch? See, because of sin and the curse in the earth, that's where our problems come from. Some things have been moved out of place. And that's where our problems in the weather comes from and our problems with earthquakes and tsunamis is because some things have been moved out of place. You move them enough out of place, it's catastrophic. Well, God's that way from top to bottom and everything. He knows where everything should be. And how many remember 1 Corinthians 12? In fact, turn and read that before I read this to you. Hold your place, Ecclesiastes 10. You can do all this, can't you? Hold your place, Ecclesiastes. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18. He says, now has God set the members, every one of them in the body, how? As it has pleased him, and he goes on talking about body parts, about ears, and about eyes, and about hands, and about feet, but he's not just talking about the human body, what's he talking about? The body of Christ. It's, you are not the body of Christ, you are a part in the body. All of us together make up the body of which Jesus is the head over. Right? Well, can you put a foot just anywhere? No, there's a place where the foot goes. It goes at the end of the leg. Right? What if you go swap them out? I'm going you know, we're going to put our hands where the feet used to be. We're going to put the feet at the end of the wrist. 
Yeah, I'd like to see you comb your hair like that. Brush your teeth like that. You're going to have problems. And it's not that the foot is bad or wrong. It's just out of its place. Every one of us has been put, set, placed in the body of Christ. How? Not as we think best. Not like mom or daddy says. But what? As it has pleased him. Something that parents tell their children that is just not true. They say, honey, baby, you know, you're smart. You're beautiful. You're strong. You're this and that. You can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Not true. It is not for us to decide what we want to be in life. That's already been decided for us. It is up to us to discover what God has already called and ordained us to be. Now you can do something else. Don't get me wrong. You can do it. But it will cost you. And you'll be out of your place. And as I said before. If you're out of your place. You're out of your grace. And you'll fall on your face. And this is one of the biggest sources of frustration in the body of Christ. we got all kind of people that are not in their place. So they're frustrated and they're aggravated and then they become a problem to other people. They want to blame somebody else and they cause problems. Take these two examples. I've used them before, but it'll bear repetition. Let's say you got a fella that is uh, one of the best uh, surgeons, neurosurgeons in the country. But you take him out of the OR and you take him up on a 50-story uh, structure that they're building and you... Put the welding helmet on him and the welding goggles and you fire up the welding machine and said, man, now you got to lay some perfect welds in here because this structure is going to be supporting all this weight. This is a main support beam. And he looks at you and goes, ah, I don't know what to do with it. I mean, don't you know how to strike an arc? Uh, no. You know this kind of bead, that kind of bead? You know what rod to use? You know what setting to use? Uh, no. Do you know what this is? No. You know where this goes? No. You know how to do this? No. Well, you're stupid. You don't know anything. You're useless. Get down. You're just in the way. Is he stupid? No. Is he useless? No. no. What's the problem? This is not his place. But now he would feel inadequate. He would feel frustrated. He would feel dumb. And he wouldn't be getting good results. Okay, let's turn it around. Let's take this ace welder (laughs) down off the top of the skyscraper. Let's scrub him up real good and put the operating gear on him. Let's take him in. Here's a man's got his head shaved and they've drawn little dots all over the, and they say, okay, doc, which instrument you want first? He goes, I, I don't know. You you want this scalpel? No. You start the incision here? No. What you want this machine on? What setting you want this on? I don't know. You know what this is? No. You know what this is? No. You know how to do this? No. Well, you're stupid. You don't know anything. And after you say no about 50 times, you'd go, yeah, I must be. No. You know this? No. No. Is he stupid? Is he useless? No. What's the problem? He's out of his place. He's out of his place. Now, finding and filling your place is not as big a mystery as a lot of people think. It's not. Because God takes responsibility for his people 
to help them find and fit and fill their place. God's on your side. He's in this thing for you from the time you're born. He's got a plan for you. And he will guide you and lead you and train you and mold you and shape you and prepare you and equip you. And if you'll stay with him and just obey him and submit to him. Are you listening now? Then you will find your place. He'll see to it. You know what happens though? People rebel. God puts them in a place. Puts them in a church, puts them in an organization, puts them in a family, puts them in a situation, and everything's great, and there's grace, and then something they don't like, and they decide they want to do something else. I think the grass is greener on the other side. They get tired of doing what they're doing. They get visions of grandeur, and they want to be bigger, and they want to be important, and they want to run something, and so they get out of their place. Are you listening now? They get out of their place. And when you get out of your place, what did you just leave? Your grace. Now, are you going to be okay now? No, you are kicking against the pricks. You are trying to row upstream. You are on your own. Did you hear me now? Listen to the order, and then we're going to read this in Ecclesiastes. Listen, you keep hearing this throughout the scripture. In Numbers 2. Don't try to turn to these. I'm just going to read these to you. But in Numbers 2.17. He told them about their camping. He said the tabernacle of the congregation. Will be set forward. And the camp of the Levites will be there. And then every man. In his place. By their standards. He didn't just say. Let's go. And everybody just run out in the middle. No, it was like the most tightly formed army. Everybody had their family flag by their tent. And the head of the family was here. The other people were here according to their rank and their place. And the tribes were according to their rank. Everybody was in their place by their standard. And they moved that way and set up that way and tore down that way and left that way. God is a God of order. Didn't he say in the New Testament, let everything be done? How? Decently. I think that we missed that word. That just means properly. And what? In order. Well, how could you do things in order and you don't know where your place is? And you not acknowledge what other people's place is? Oh, we just all equal around here. Well, now see, that sounds good, don't it? To the ignorant ear. Are we just all equal? Well, we are all equally loved, equally saved, equally healed, equally righteous. But we don't all have the same place. Let me keep reading to you. Second Chronicles 30, 16 said they stood in their place. Second Chronicles 35, 10, the singers of Asaph got in their place. Nehemiah 8, it names all the people. Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, mentions all their names. And so they all came and stood in their place when it was time to do the service of the Lord. Does that do anything in your heart? How many like to see, I mean, God has blessed this church, don't you misunderstand me. And we have some of the most wonderful people and volunteers. But how many would like to see us even take a step up higher and just operate like a well-oiled machine? Right? Like the tightest military. But not intention. 
Not with tension and not with fear. It's just everybody cares so much about doing their job right. And everybody respects everybody else's place. Until they are just sharp and they're conscientious and committed. Can you say amen? Amen. But without any of the fear and tension. See, people get things mixed up. They think... If you're going to be kind and love each other, you have to be sloppy. Do you know what I'm talking about or not? Oh, we just love each other around here. It's just, you know, do it any way you want to. Anything goes. We just easy. Right? You're just sloppy. And people are sloppy because they're lazy. Because they're not willing to put forth the extra effort to do it right. But how many know that, you know, you can go to the other extreme and people say, well, I'm a perfectionist and it has to be like this and this can't be like this and this can't be like this and it's got to be. No, no, not an inch and a half, an inch and a quarter. No, no, no. I'm a perfectionist. Well, no, you have no patience. You have no peace and you ought not be bragging about being a so-called perfectionist. You need to grow up. Did you hear me? No, no. People like that are not representing God. You're supposed to have peace. And yet, in the wisdom of God, you know in your heart if it can be done better. You say, hmm, I think we can tighten that up a little bit. What do y'all think? They go, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it the best we can do it and glorify God. Can you see this? This glorifies God. And God knows where everything is supposed to be and who's supposed to be here and who's supposed to be there and who's over this and who's under this and how he knows if we care enough to try to find out. Do you see this now? Go to Ecclesiastes then. Let's begin to talk about this. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. I was at a church one time. Oh, this must have been 15 years ago. And uh, after the service, a young man was standing by the side as I was leaving. And he said, uh, he's smiling. He just looks so happy. And he was a young man. He said, uh, did you go in the restrooms? <laughs> First, he kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, I don't need to go to the restroom. <laughs> And then I looked at him, I saw he's just, you know, he didn't mean anything by it. I said, well, uh, yeah, you mean before the service? Yeah, I did. He said, was it okay? I said, it was very nice. He said, great. <laughs> he said, that's my ministry. That I said, crazy. good job. Outstanding, brother. Yeah, I thought I saw a sparkle or two in there. <laughs> and as I left, I thought, now see, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, I'm just doing this till I can get in my prophet's ministry. Yeah, I'm just doing this till this or till that. And see, that's the problem. Because people, they only think there's one place and that's the very top. And everybody wants to be in that same one place. But in the kingdom of God, any place is great. If it's in the kingdom. Remember what the king said? The king, he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. In the house of the Lord, right? I mean, you know, if I was an usher in the Lord's house, and he's the man over the whole kingdom, 
But he recognized how much difference it is between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. I mean, you'd rather be the lowest place in the kingdom of God than sitting on top of the skyscraper, the biggest thing in the world. If you understand. Say it out loud, don't despise your place. You remember what Paul said in Romans? He said, I magnify my place. Did you hear that? I magnify my place. Now that might sound like pride to the unlearned ear, but it's not. Because who called him to that place? He didn't call himself to that place. He didn't put himself in that place. But when you're doing that, you're not envying somebody else's place. Right? And you know, anybody can envy somebody else's place they don't know anything about. The proverbial grass is greener on the other side. I know for years now in ministry. We've pastored for a little while now, but we traveled for so long. And I'd have pastors tell me, oh, I wish I could be like you. Just come in. And drop my revelation bomb and go. <laughs> I don't have to stay and deal with anybody's stuff. And boy, you just get to travel and, and sleep in hotels and eat in restaurants. And man, you got the life. And then if you talk to somebody that's been on the road for a while, you know what they say? Oh man, you pastors have got it made. I mean, boy, if I could just sleep in my own bed every night, if I could just, you know, and had some people that actually cared about me and would stay with me. Well, I don't care who you are. You know about your thing. You don't know about their. And all you can see is a few of the benefits. And you don't see the responsibilities. You don't see behind the scene. Every place has its benefits and its responsibilities. But you know what place you want? The one God has picked for you. Because that's the only one you're graced for. The rest of them, you're on your own trying to do something. Now notice this in Ecclesiastes 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 4. He said, if the spirit of the ruler rise up against you. Now that means uh, temper. A lot of translations will say temper or anger. Now, whose anger? Who? In the New Testament, does he talk about those that have the rule over you? Many places. Hebrews is one. You'll find several verses right in Hebrews. But this is somebody who's over you in a position. And what happened? They got aggravated at you. Angry at you. Maybe they spoke to you harshly. What does he say do about it? What's the next phrase say? Everybody say that out loud. Leave not thy place. Say it again. Leave not thy place. Say it again. Leave not thy place. He goes on to say, for yielding. Can you see submission in here? Yielding, which is really what submitting is pacifies, or the Hebrew literally says, heals, heals great offenses. 
Let me read this to you from another translation. One says, if the temper of the ruler rises up against you, leave not your place. Uh, Do not leave your place or show a resisting spirit. For gentleness and calmness prevent or put a stop to great offenses. NIV says, don't leave your post. The New Living says, don't quit. The English version says, do not hand in your resignation. Everybody get the message. What? Don't, I like, I think the King James says it one of the best ways. Don't do what? Don't leave your place. Why? Why is that such a deal? Well, what if you leave your place? Where are you going to? I said, well, I can go anywhere I want to. (laughs) Have you ever heard that before? I'm smart. I've got an education. I used to make all kind of money doing this or that. I can go do that again. Oh, can you? Can you really? Well, sure I can. In the truest sense, you cannot go back. Because that was then and this is now. Times are different. The world is different. People are different. You are different. You cannot turn back the clock and go back. You can't do it. And that might have been the will of God for you then. But if he has directed you here. And you're going to leave here and go back there. Then even though it was the will of God then. It's not now. Can you see this? Why is it such a big deal? Of all the things he could have said. The anger of the ruler. Flares against you. What do you do? What's the first thing he said? First thing he said is what you don't do. You don't leave. I could just camp on this the rest of the time. (laughs) This is true with a job. This is true with a church. This is true with a ministry. This is true with your family. Right? Well, see, for one thing in the family... You got all kind of Christians that have no concept of place in the family. Right? But there is, as far as God's concerned, there's place. There's head of the home. There's elder child. There's younger child. Right? But people don't acknowledge any of that. And people, if they get mad or get miffed or feel like they're not treated right, they feel like they have every right to bail. I don't have to take this. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And they are. But then some of these folk, bless their hearts, you can follow them five years later, ten years later, they just flounder. They go from one thing to another, to another, to another. Why? And they don't grow and they're frustrated and some of them get mad at God and some of them backslide. God, why won't you help me do this? This is not his idea. This is your idea. He told you what to do and you left that. Did you hear me now? And he's not obligated to anoint you and grace you to rebel against his will. He can't. He'd be contradicting himself. But we're having fun now, aren't we? Is this important? Oh, I, I'm believing God for utterance, but I, if I was so allowed 
to tell you just in my few years what I have seen of people that were so gifted and so anointed and so talented and so graced and they were in a place doing such a fine job helping people and being such a help. But then they got miffed, they got their feelings hurt, they got mad and they jumped and they left. And all they have done for the last 20 years is flounder and go from pillar to post and from here to there. It's so sad. Friend, if you're going to have God's best, you got to put this flesh under. And there will be times when it will squeal and holler and I want this and I want to go and he ain't cheat me right and na 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 and you got to get it by the ear and say you shut up. You shut up. God brought me here and I am staying here until he, not me, not somebody else, till he says something different. And I will stand my post and I will endure hardness like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You can see what the enemy's doing. Warfare and military terminology is used in the scripture. And though we don't war after the flesh, though we are in bodies. But in military, if people don't hold They don't keep their ranks and they don't hold their positions. What happens? Huh? Here comes the enemy. Here comes an attack. And at the first pressure, people break and they run from their post and they leave their weapons and they leave their places and the line just breaks and folds. What happened? You're losing, right? You're losing. Stories of heroism in times past and in modern times have been people that under great fire and great pressure held their place. Oh, it just stirs something deep in your spirit, doesn't it? I mean, with bullets flying all around and the pressure and the fire and even wounded. But you got a man, you got a woman that says, no, this is my post. I ain't going, you're backing down. And they stand there and they bleed and they sweat and they stay, but they do not run. Is it easy? No. And yet you got people in church can't take anything. Somebody looked at them crossways. Somebody didn't acknowledge them. Somebody didn't thank them properly. I'm leaving. Isn't it pitiful? It's pitiful. Can't take anything. Any little old thing. Now, do you know that I'm not just talking about some isolated instances? You know, this is why churches are splitting right and left and people start and this one dwindles out and this one. I mean, it's just the biggest mess. Why? Because people don't stay in their place. Won't endure any hardness, any discomfort, difficulty. It's not always easy. I'm not saying it is. Just in our few years, there were times that, you know, I was tempted to get out of my place. I'll just be honest with you. You know, when decade after decade goes by and people are people on every side, yourself included, there's been some situations where I wanted to quit. I wanted to leave. I'm bad. But then you find out what you made out of, don't you? 
And if Jesus is really your Lord, most you can do is come fall across the bed. And maybe you're crying because, God, I'm putting in a request for a transfer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm tired of this. But every time I ever did that, it came back denied. So now I got a choice. Either Jesus is my Lord and he's the captain of my salvation or I'm my own Lord and I write my own orders. Did you hear me? I'm going to go AWOL. Absent without leave, absent without his permission. Leave my post. And we got so many that have done that. Oh, it's so sad. We, this is a huge problem in the body of Christ. But, 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 we're going to start right here. (laughs) Right here at Faith Life Church. We are going to be troops that do not break rank. We keep our place, right? And we acknowledge places above us. We acknowledge places under us. And we know our place and we stay in our place. And if God wants to promote us to a different place, he knows how to do it. And until and if he does, we stay in our place. And if it gets hot in the kitchen, well, we just stay in the kitchen and we roll up our sleeves and we sweat. But we don't leave. We don't leave. So many Christians have been led into a job, into a family, into a church or a ministry by God. And then they are led out By offenses. God didn't lead them out. They got offended. Got their feelings hurt. Got mad. Got hurt. Got this and that. No. Be led in. Be led out if and when. But he's leading you. Not your feelings. Right? Not your circumstances. Now this has been going on. From the beginning. Look, uh, where are you in Ecclesiastes? Turn over to the New Testament, the book of Jude. Jude, just one chapter in Jude. While you're turning there, I'm going to read something else to you. Don't turn there, you're going to Jude. But in Isaiah, listen to this. He said, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. He said, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. He said, the ox knows his owner, and the ass or the donkey knows his master's crib. But Israel don't know, my people don't consider. What's he saying? He said, an ox knows who his owner is. He said, a donkey knows where his crib is. My people don't know who their God is, and they don't know their place. They don't have ox sense. They don't have donkey sense. (laughs) That is bad now, isn't it? Well, do you know who your God is? That's mighty weak. Do you know what your place is? We need to. We need to be sure about where our place is. Now, in Jude, look at this. Jude, just one chapter. 
And it says, verse 6, the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of that day. What did they do? They left their place. Where are they right now? In chains. Darkness awaiting judgment. Because they left their place. Listen to another translation. The NIV says the angels did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home. The New Living says the angels did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them but left the place where they belong. They got out of their place. Oh, can you see this? They got out of their place. Now with that in mind, go to uh, Isaiah, please. I know we're moving around today, but I want you to see these. Isaiah chapter 14. Turn there, please, quickly. Isaiah 14. Talks about somebody who was an angel. His name's Lucifer. Did he do the same thing? Did he have a place there? What about now? How did he lose it? Oh, listen to this. Oh, listen to this. If you get out of your place, you can lose your place. That's what happened to these guys. They got out of their place. Why did they leave their place? Yeah, it was pride. Yes, it was rebellion. But what were they after? They wanted a different place. A place that was not theirs. From God. They envied another's place. See, that's what was happening with Korah and Dathan and Abiram. That's what Moses called them. He said, what is it with you guys? This is a Keith Moore paraphrase. He said, God has called you and chosen you to as Levites and as priests. You get to handle the holy things of God. You get to deal with the sacrifices. You got a great place. But you want our place? You want Aaron's place? This ain't enough for you. And that's exactly what they were after. Because why else are they saying, who are you? Who put you in charge? What are they saying? And you watch it for every time somebody starts cutting down somebody else. What are they thinking? They want to be in that place themselves or somebody else has deceived them to help them get in that place. He said, you've got a good place. What do you want Aaron's place for? And man, if people only had any understanding, you don't want a place you're not graced for. You'd get in there and not have a clue how to do it. No anointing to do it. No strength to do it. There's only one place you want. Only one. That's the one he's chosen for you. Because that's where you're graced. A foot is graced to be a foot. It's graced to be on the end of the leg. That's it. (laughs) Isaiah 14. Notice how this happened. With this angel. Isaiah 14. Verse 12. He said, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down? 
to the ground, which didst weaken the nations. What happened to him? He fell. From what? His place. Can he get it back? He can't. Now listen to this. In uh, Revelation. Don't turn there. I'm not finished reading this. But it says Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And they prevailed not. And neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Which deceived the whole world. He was cast into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. They lost their place. Didn't they? Should they have magnified their place? Should they have realized how blessed they were. To be in the presence of God. But that wasn't enough for him. See people in the world. They tout You know, what they consider to be the merits of ambition. Oh, ambitious. Got to have some drive. To do what? Yeah, drive to do the will of God. Ambition to see how high I can climb. What I can be on top of. What I can be in charge of. What I can control. What I can run. That's the way the enemy went. And listen to how it happened. Verse 13. He said, for you have said, Lucifer, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. What's he doing? He is rebelling against God's choice and place for him. He said, this ain't big enough for me. I got more talent than this. I ought to have a bigger place than this. And he gets his eyes on God's spot. Talk about ignorant. This is the one who made you, who created you, who sustained your existence every millisecond. You going to rebel against him? Ignorant. But see, that's the thing. Obadiah 3 says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. The more you yield to pride, the dumber you get. You do. You get deceived. You believe lies. You believe things ain't even true about yourself. And that's how you can lose your place. I'm going to do this. I'm going to send up. I'm going to start my own. I'm going to be bigger than this. I'm going to be over this. I'm going to control this. I'm going to do that. What did he say? He's talking, but then God said something. He said, you will be brought down to hell. To the sides of the pit. Now whose words came out of that deal? God's every time. And so he and his angels cast out, lost their place. Should we learn lessons from this? Oh, oh. In closing, go to the book of Psalms. I think it's closing. It might be a first closing. (laughs) Psalm 75. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's helping us today.
Say it out loud. I'm a good soldier. I hold my post. I keep my place. I don't break rank. You know, uh, there are so many stories of this. If we had time, I'm so inclined. I'll just mention a few of them real briefly to you. Do you know that God told the priest? He said, nobody goes into the Holy of Holies except the ones I say only after they've been offered sacrifice for and the anointing oil is on them. Nobody walks in there. And if they did, what happened? They died. Nobody offers incense to me but the ones that I say, the ones I have called to do it. And Nadab and Abihu, they stood up to do it and fell dead right there before the Lord. Nobody carries the Ark of the Covenant except the ones I say, and they don't even touch it. They put poles through the rings, and they put it on their shoulders. You remember David went to get it one time, and the guy's going to reach up because the ox stumbled, and it rocked, and he's going to protect it, and he touched it, fell dead right there. So people think, well, that's too harsh. No, they should have known better. When God says, this is their place, don't you mess with that. And when you intrude into a place in an office that you're not called to, you're subject to judgment. And it's not just ignorance, it's rebellion. It's you thinking you're something you're not. It's you trying to be something that you're not. That's what opens the door to it. Notice here in uh, Psalm 75. He said in verse 4, Psalm 75, 4, I said to the fools, deal not foolishly and to the wicked lift not up the horn now what does that mean don't lift up the horn talking about your horn the horn is the prominent part that comes up on the top it's you know it has to do with your honor and your place and your preeminence did the scripture say don't exalt yourself Hmm? let another praise you Not your own mouth. Don't set yourself forward. Don't try to promote yourself or push yourself forward. Verse 5. Lift not up your horn on high and speak not with a stiff neck. Can you hear? I mean, we weren't there. We didn't see it. But we just read about Lucifer and what he did. Can you try to picture him? Did he say that with a stiff neck? Huh? Try to think about Describe it. How did he do it? I mean, you've got to cock up your nose when you say that, don't you? Huh? You've got to stiffen yourself. I, I will exalt my throne above the stars. I, I will be like the most. Do you see that? That's that stiffness and that arrogance and that. Now, it's not for you to recognize that in him or in me, but in yourself. Can you identify that in yourself? And don't wait till it gets all out of hand when it first begins. You can see people, they start getting hard, you know, as a conversation goes on or something begins to continue, they start leaning their head back a little bit and they start, their jaw gets set and their face gets tighter. What are they doing? What are they doing? They're hardening themselves. And how many remember Proverbs 29 says, he that being often reproved hardens himself, stiffens his neck. He'll be destroyed without remedy. There's no fixing it. Now, man, that's serious, isn't it? When you can't get it. How about Lucifer? He can't get that fixed. He's lost his place. That's it. 
And it was this hardness, this rebellion. That is his nature. That's his inner way and being. And we ought to despise it and hate it and absolutely refuse that any of it's going to be in me. And when you feel like that, I mean, because you got flesh. And and all of us got pride in our flesh to do with. But when you feel it, when it starts to rise up, what's it time to do? Crucify that flesh. Humble yourself. I don't care. You may feel like shouting and saying something rude, but you bite your lip and you say, yes, sir, we'll do it. Sorry about that. Sorry you had to talk to me. I'll get it. And your flesh may be screaming something else. Did you hear me? (laughs) I wouldn't tell you something I've never done. I've done this numerous times. And I, I do not have any question that one of the reasons that I'm standing before you here today. Instead of doing something insignificant. Is because we did instead of bolting and running and leaving our place. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's been time after time. And I wouldn't tell you. Sometimes it was not easy. Sometimes it took me days to get my flesh sorted. And get straight. But I made up my mind. I am not being led by my temper. Or by my feelings. Or by my emotions. Or by somebody else's mistakes. I will stay in my post. I will stay in my place. And God wants me out of here. He knows what to do. He knows where I am. He knows how to do it. He wants this thing changed. And that's what this verse comes in. This is what you can rest your faith on. When you're under fire. When you're under pressure. Read this. Get this. Don't lift up your horn on high. Don't speak with a stiff neck. For promotion. Is God interested in our promotion? Yes, it does not come from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. It doesn't come from people and from anybody in this world. But God is the judge. He puts down one and he sets up another. Well, my leader, he ought not be in that place. She ought not be in that place. They ain't qualified. I doubt you know. But God is able to put them down. Did you hear me? He is able to set one up and put another down. He is well able to do it. But don't let your hand touch him. And don't leave your place. And don't you get rebellious and get a stiff neck. And start talking about what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. No. Realize. Put it in his hands. Cast the care of it over on him. Say, God, you know what's going on. If you want them out, you are well able to put them out. But I'm going to stand my post. Right? That's a boss. That's a supervisor. That's a husband. That's a pastor. That's anybody. Y'all with me now? Can you see it takes faith, doesn't it? Anybody can blow up and run their mouth and gather up their stuff and stomp out of there and slam the door. Sinners do it every day. It takes strength to bite your lip, to calm yourself, to control your emotions. Say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We'll do it. We'll take care of it. And if you have to, go and pray it through and fast and get yourself under control and say, no, Lord, no, you want me out of here. You know where I am. You know how to lead me out. You want them changed. You are he. You are the judge. Promotion comes from you. You set them up and you put them down. I'm going to trust you to take care of this. My hand's not going to do it. I'm staying out of it. This is your business. 
I'm going to stand my post like a good soldier. I'm going to stay in my place. Thank you, Lord. Can you see this? Does this bear witness with your spirit? Do you understand? Read it again. Verse 6. Read it out loud with me. What does it say? For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. See, you can't find it trying to get it yourself, trying to do it yourself. You can't flatter people and try to buddy-buddy and try to buy your way. Not in the things of God you can't. In some world stuff you might do it. Not in God's things you can't. But verse 7, but what? But God is the judge. He puts down one and he sets up another. And we read it in James. We read it in First Peter. Humble yourself. Submit yourself and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? Very next phrase. Why? That he may exalt you, promote you in due time. Just in my few years, Phyllis, in my few years of walking with the Lord, I can stand up here and tell you it is a fact. If you'll just stay in your place and hum, next thing you know, here comes promotion. Here comes promotion. Here comes advancement. Here comes I've noticed again and again when I was most tempted to bail and run and quit was when I was very close to a promotion and didn't know it. Are you listening now? And by being able to put my flesh under and stay in my place and keep my heart right. Let me give you the definition of rebellion. It literally means bitterness. Bitterness. And not letting, remember what the Bible said, don't let a root of bitterness get in you. Because what can happen, a whole lot of people around you can become defiled from it too. Bitterness and rebellion go hand in hand. And not letting yourself get bitter not letting yourself get down, then it wasn't long after that, God is so good, He promoted you. He increased you. He blessed you. And when it happens, you're thanking God, oh God, thank you. Thank you for helping me not to jump out of my place and mess this up. So many have. Say, not me. Stand up on your feet. Say it out loud. Stand at attention. Stand up straight. Right. Stand up. Say it out loud. I will be. By the grace of God, God, a good soldier soldier of my Lord, Lord. I submit myself myself to the captain of my salvation. salvation. I will endure hardness. I will do do what needs to be done. I will stand my post. I will stay my place. I will not break rank. I will serve my God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.